Hey everyone, welcome to the Promise Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to like us and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at My Promise Church. And to see what else is going on around here at Promise, please visit us at mypromisechurch.com. We hope this message you're about to listen to ministers to you and changes your life. Enjoy. Welcome to Promise Church. I'm so happy you are joining us for a very special Sunday. And in my Easter message last week, I felt it so strongly to preach on the hope of the resurrection. And I want to make a two-week series out of that and really let it spill over to today as the church has survived many ups and downs, many seasons of adversity, and outlasted them all, and even thrived in persecution, if you read the book of Acts. And much of the reason is this, we have hope that others do not. We have more hope than anyone else. And if we're not careful, we can minimize this idea of hope as though it's not spiritual, as though it's just positive thinking. And yet the Bible clearly teaches us that we have a duty of hope because hope is the place that faith begins. The Bible shows us that hope is really the birthplace of faith. And if there's no hope, faith cannot kick in. God wants you to always have hope. Doesn't matter if nobody else does. Doesn't matter what is going on in the world around us. Doesn't matter what stage of life you're in. Doesn't matter what you have or have not accomplished doesn't matter what failures or successes you have in your past, God always wants you to have hope. Hebrews 11.1 said, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. If there's nothing hoped for, then there is no faith because faith is substantiated out of hope. Really, as I began to look at this this week, it's all throughout the Bible. The hope that brings faith and hope and faith bring us through the adversity. It's in Colossians 1 and 27. It says, To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The hope of glory. That's the hope of victory, the hope of the crown of salvation, the hope of making it through. It says, God has made known to us mysteries that give us that hope. In 1 Peter 3 and 15, it said, But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. It's assumed that as a child of God, we have hope. And we ought to be quick with the reason that we have hope. And then Paul writing to us in 1 Thessalonians 4 and 13 on the subject of those who have died in Christ and are waiting on the return of the Lord. It says, But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. We have hope that others do not have. We have more hope than anybody else. With everything that we're facing in our world today, I was reminded of a story that I've heard about George Washington. And one thing that stood out to me was how many mistakes, how many bad decisions that he actually made as a general. We think of Washington as a great leader, and certainly he was. 
But he wasn't without flaws. He wasn't without making wrong turns. And sometimes it was the wrong strategy or camping in the wrong place. Oftentimes, they didn't have enough food or supplies. They would spend the night in the wrong place or they'd camp in the wrong place. But somehow they were able to persevere. Valley Forge was the area that Washington had encamped the Continental Army over the winter of 77, 1777 and 1778. And it seemed hopeless. They had lost 2,500 soldiers, not to battle, but to starvation, disease, and exposure to the elements. And at any moment, they had the opportunity to surrender, to walk out with their rifles raised and just wave the white flag. But the story tells us that Washington never lost hope. He held on to hope. And the thing that he said to the troops over and over again was that winter would break soon and spring was coming. And if they would just hold on, they would outlast the British army. Washington kept emphasizing that there was something upcoming that was worth hoping for. That winter would break and spring would come and that was the reason to hope. I want to tell the church today that you can make a bad decision, you could take a wrong turn, you could fall into sin, fall flat on your face, face adversity of all kinds, but if you still have hope in God, He can bring you out. He never promised that there wouldn't be problems, but He did promise that He will bring us through. Joy is coming in the morning. Weeping might endure for a night, but joy is coming in the morning and mercy is new every morning. If you still have hope in Jesus, he can break through every night. The proverb said that the righteous man would fall seven times, but that he would rise again. There is reason to hope because with God, I want to just say spring is coming. Joy is coming. Goodness and mercy are running after us today. I think that as Christians, we've got to look for signs of hope. Recently, my wife and I, we had family visiting us and we were going to travel to the south side of Orlando for the night and for dinner. And I said, we have to leave by by this time because I just knew that we were going to hit traffic. I was believing the worst about traffic on I-4. I just figured there'd be an accident that we'd have to navigate through. I figured that there would be some sort of serious backup. And as we were driving the whole time, I was looking for there to be a backup around the next bend or over the next hill. And it seems like it's easy for us as humanity to believe that bad is waiting for us around the next bend or over the next hill. But amazingly, it really wasn't that bad at all. I had to slow up a few times, but it really surprised me. It's hard for us sometimes to believe that good things are waiting. We're often blind to the possibility that God is preparing things around the corner for us that our eyes do not yet see. I thought about how Noah, after the flood, sent out the dove to look for signs of life, signs of hope. The purpose of sending the dove out was to look and see if the water had gone down enough for the dove to perch on a tree and find food. Day after day, Noah would send this dove out and it would come back with nothing. But on the seventh day, it came back with an olive branch in its mouth. And Noah knew that there was life again on earth. He sent it out again. And after seven days of doing this, the dove didn't return to the ark at all because it had found life outside of the ark. Noah knew there was hope. 
The dove was looking for hope. And in the aftermath of the flood, it was looking for life again, a tree to perch on, branches to build a nest. And eventually the dove found what he was looking for and didn't come back to the ark. And I think there's a lesson in that today for us. Most often we'll find what we're looking for. If you're looking for a reason to hope, you'll find it. If you're looking for the Lord at work in the middle of all of the trouble that we face, you'll find Him. But we have to open our eyes and look for what God is doing around us. In the time of Jesus, they were looking for the Messiah, but many missed Him even though He was right in front of them. When He left Nazareth to begin His public ministry, there were a lot of crowds that followed Him. Rich people, poor people, men and women, people from all walks of life began to follow Jesus. When Jesus began to teach, they would marvel at His teaching and they would say, We've never heard anyone speak like this. He must be a prophet from God. When He would reach out and touch those who were afflicted or sick, He would touch them and they would receive healing and strength. They would receive a miracle and all types of deliverance. And, but then there came the questions and they would say, Who is this man? Who is he? Where did he come from? Who were his parents? This is just too good to be true. Where did he come from? Nazareth would be the answer. Joseph, the carpenter, would be the answer. And oftentimes the reply would be just like Philip's when he said, Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Because Nazareth was not much of anything. It was, it, was a, it was a town that you just passed through. It, it wasn't your destination. It wasn't known for really anything. It was an ugly city, a poor city. There's no commerce there. It was rumored that, that there was crime was high there and people would avoid that place. And yet it was the city that Jesus hailed from. This is why people would ask, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? In reality, good things did come out of Nazareth. Not only was Jesus from there, but the greatest Old Testament prophet, Elijah, he came from Nazareth. There was a prophet named Jonah who was also from Nazareth. Reluctant at first, but he brought Nineveh to repentance. And then, of course, the woman that was chosen to be the mother of Jesus was from this little, out-of-the-way, nothing town called Nazareth. And people didn't think that a great prophet could come from there. People didn't think that a successful missionary could come from there. People didn't think that a great woman of God could come from there. And they surely did not think the prophesied Messiah, the Anointed One, would come from Nazareth. And sometimes we need to open our eyes and see things through the lens of hope and how God sees things. We can look at a situation and we don't see how God can use it. We might look at the Red Sea in front of us and not realize that God is going to part it and bring us through. But I want to tell somebody today that God can still part those waters. God can still bring us over and God can still bring us through. And who you are now is not who God is shaping you to be. And where you are now is not where God is taking you. There is something around the corner that God is doing, God is preparing, God is at work. And I want to encourage us today to look for it because that is the hope that we have. Second thing I want to show us today is that hope can pick us up. When nothing else can pick us up, I believe hope can pick us up. There were 12 sons in Genesis. 
With our two boys, I'm beginning to understand the dynamics of sons and brothers. I couldn't imagine having 12. (laughs) But these brothers, they had a younger brother by the name of Joseph. And they were out in the hillside away from home and Joseph came up to them. They didn't like him because he was a dreamer. He's always had hope. He always had plans. He always he's talking about future plans. In fact, their dad really liked Joseph. He was possibly his favorite son. Maybe this is why they didn't like Joseph so much. When they saw him, they began to make fun of him. And they said, Behold, the dreamer cometh. His brothers were tired of his dreaming, tired of his hopeful ways. So they said, Let's tell dad that he died by a wild animal We'll throw him in a pit and we'll be done with him. Later, of course, they decided to sell him into a caravan uh, that was headed to Egypt as a slave. Joseph spent many hard years in Egypt. Loneliness, separation, discouragement, setbacks. And he began to work as a slave. He started to gain trust and credibility, but then he was lied about, thrown in prison. And then he started to gain influence in the prison. But promises were broken and he was forgot about. One day it came during the time of a famine when the 11 brothers got into their own trouble. It was this dreamer that saved them. They didn't know what was around the corner. They didn't know that God was working in the middle of it all. They didn't know what God was up to and they certainly didn't have any hope that they would ever see their younger brother again. But it doesn't matter where you put a child of God. It didn't matter what you did to Joseph. It didn't matter how far you pushed him down. God kept raising him back up to the top because he had hope and faith. If anyone could have gave up hope, Joseph could have. He had disappointments one after the other. He had setbacks one after the other. He was betrayed, lied about, and none of these were of his own making. But guess what? His faith and his hope remained firm in God. And it didn't matter where you put Joseph. It didn't matter what you did to him or how far you pushed him down because God kept raising him back up to the top. You could throw him in a pit. You could sell him into slavery. You could send him off to a foreign land. You could put him at the bottom of the ladder. You could lie about him, throw him in prison, break promises to him. You could forget about him. But guess what? The hand of God was on him and the Lord was on his side and God God was working out everything that happened to Joseph to his good. And it doesn't matter where you start out. It doesn't matter what the enemy meant for evil. Joseph said God used it for good. No matter where you're situated, have hope today because God is on our side. No matter what place you're at today, know that God has not forgotten you. And no matter where you're at, look up and look out for hope. Because with God, there is always hope, even in a hopeless situation. Last thing I want to say today is that hope can carry us. I thought about this last week as I thought about the Passion Week. Jesus began to carry His cross up to the hill of Calvary. The Bible said that He fell under the weight of the cross. Then it said the soldiers took hold of a man named Simon of Cyrene and told him to carry the cross because the Bible said they saw him as nothing. This would have been embarrassing for Simon. It would have been degrading. Maybe people he knew would have thought that he was sentenced. Maybe people would begin to talk about him. 
Yet something got a hold of his heart that day. Yes, he was carrying a cross, but carrying a cross meant he was in close proximity to Jesus. The Lord had already told the disciples, take up your cross and follow after me. I want to say it like this today. When you're carrying your cross, you are close to Jesus. When you're carrying your cross, you are following the Lord. And when the Bible mentions Simon again, it's mentioning great Christians. And it says he was the father of Rufus and Alexander, who were church leaders. Through the pain and the shame of carrying the Lord's cross, Simon got close to Jesus and he saw something that day, maybe like the Roman soldier did, and thought, this has to be the Son of God. And it changed his life and it changed him for eternity. Maybe right now you don't understand why you're carrying a cross. Maybe you don't understand how long you'll be carrying it or where you're carrying it. But just know that when you are carrying a cross, you are following Jesus. And as long as you are following the Lord, there is hope. So take up that cross today, every day. Take it up and keep following Him. Endure the pain when there's pain. Endure the struggle when there's a struggle. It might be heavy right now, and you might not know why right now. But down the road, your children are going to rise up and call you blessed. Your family will be blessed. Your family will serve the Lord. You're going to make it through because God got a hold of your heart one day. There's something around the corner that God has waiting for us. If you'll just keep walking with Him, if you'll just keep serving Him, if you'll just keep on keeping on, keep on being faithful, because God will reward us when we take up our cross and follow after Him. Nobody thought that anything good would have come from Nazareth, but the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Savior of the world, the Messiah came from Nazareth. If Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, can come out of Nazareth, if Joseph can come out of that pit, if Israel can come through the Red Sea, if Paul could come out of that spiritual blindness, I know and I have hope today in my heart that God can bring us through everything that we are facing today. Not because of where I've been, but because of where He's taking me. I have hope today. If He did that for them, we serve the same God that's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I know He can do it for us. I have hope for our world today, for you, for your family, for our church, because God is at work in the middle of everything that we're going through. There's something on the inside of us that's greater than what's on the outside. And we have hope in Jesus today. And that's what sets us apart as a child of God. That's the reason that we have hope. We have a hope that's not of this world. We have a hope of eternal life. And so even in the midnight hour, we still have hope. The hope that we have is not of this world. It's not of this realm. It's beyond it. We have hope that one day Jesus will return for his people. And when you understand that this world didn't give us this hope, we'll understand that this world cannot take it away. My prayer for us today is that hope would be restored, that it would be lifted up, that it would be increased. No matter what we are facing today, we can have the hope 
of our good God, that He is with us and that He is working through us and that He is working in the middle of the situation that we are facing today. I want to pray over us today. Lord Jesus, I just thank you, Lord, for your word today because I know that it is a light and a lamp to our feet and our path no matter what we are walking through presently in this hour. And God, I just pray right now that there would be a hope that would rise up in each and every one of us. I pray right now, Lord, that there would be a hope that would spill over not only from our life, but into our families, into our homes, and into all of our friends. God, I just pray there would be a hope that would rise up today to trust and believe that you are still on the throne, that you are in control of this world, that you have all things in the palm of your hand, and that you are working out everything to our good, even when we don't see how it's all going to come to pass. I'm looking for hope today. I'm standing on hope today. I'm carrying hope today, and I know that it's going to lift us up again. And we have the hope of salvation. We have the hope of glory that is in Christ Jesus. And we thank you for that today. In Jesus' name. And I know everybody can say amen to that. Once again, thank you so much for listening. Share this message with a friend. And don't forget to hit subscribe. See you next time.